1: This Sunday we will continue our series on the gospel of grace Um, as we continue we will have Holly she'll come read and as she's coming to read we ask that those who can and will to please stand for the reading of God's Word
0: our reading today is Galatians 3 verses 19 through 29 why then the law it was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise has been made There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true, and it is given to us in love.
1: Thank you. You may be seated. For two glorious summers, the Chicago Cubs taught us through baseball the fundamentals of Reformed theology. First, the Cubs traded for a player named Vance Law, and they started Vance at third base. Then a few months later, marvelous to say, they chose, they drafted a first baseman whose, first, whose name was Mark Grace, batting in the fifth position, and then Law batting six. There stood on the baseball field, Grace and Law, holding the opposite corners of the baseball diamond. (laughs) Opposing batters would smash smash the ball down to third base. Law Law would catch it, and he would throw it over to first base where grace would ensure that they were out. (laughs) Look at that, on a baseball diamond. (laughs) Law and grace. It's important for us to know that law and grace are not opposing one another. Law and grace works together for the salvation of God's people. So how does law lead to grace? Right here, we see Paul starts in, right in the midst of a conversation. Verse 19 starts, why then the law? Why, why the law? Why, why, why is the law so important if we're not going to hold people to the law. Why the law? The law reveals our sins and transgressions. It gives us a picture of our wrong and the little right that we think we do. It's the system of right and wrong. It's tied to rewards and punishments. It's it's tied to fear of punishment. Fear of punishment should keep us from doing that which is wrong. Most people believe that the, the primary purpose of the law is to punish us. But that is not the truth. John Calvin explains it this way. There are three uses of the law, three functions of the law. The first function of the law it is to mirror the perfect righteousness of God and to show us our sinfulness and our shortcomings. Romans chapter 7, verse 7 through 11 Parts of it reads like this. If it had not been for the law, I would have not known sin, for I would have not known what it is to covet the law had not the law said it. You should not covet for apart from sin, apart from the law, sin lies dead. So if we don't know that we're doing wrong, listen, if we don't know that we're doing wrong, sin will lie dead. Thus the sins had to show us, I'm I'm sorry, the law had to show us that we were wrong. The law had to show us that we needed a savior. The first function was to reflect the righteousness of God and to show us our own sinfulness. The second function of the law was a civil use. It was used to restrain us. It was used to keep us in line. Now, the law cannot change our hearts but it does show us what wrong is doing, and it also shows us the punishment. So if you run a red light, just because the law says don't do it don't mean that we don't run red lights. Just because there's a speed limit sign, many of us still go over the speed limit. Or am I the only one? 35 just ain't right when you got somewhere to be. And you got a short time to get there. 35 just is not right. So, so we speed. And what happens is the law is there to let us know if you choose to go above 35, they're going to give you something to make you think about it the next time. Are, are you following me? It, it, it's this thing. You, you, it, they tell you to press hard because it's five copies. They need your signature to go through all five copies. So, so the law is there to restrain us. The law is there to let us know that we just can't do any and everything. Listen, sometimes we're even upset with law. We're upset with lawmakers. You guys know that, that my, my, I am a former law enforcement officer. I am pro-police every time I'm telling you this, so don't be mad at me, I'm letting you know I am pro-police, because all of them not bad. Are you following me? And as a matter of fact, the law is not put there for those of us who obey the law. The majority of the people who have trouble with the police are the people, the ones that don't follow the law. The majority of the cases. there are some cases. There are some cases. That folk ain't done no wrong. And they become victims of pro- police brutality. But in the majority of the cases, the law, the law is not, it's not a problem for those of us who follow. It. It's not a problem for those of us who do 35. Amen. Amen. The law say don't steal. It ain't, it ain't a problem for those of us who don't take people's stuff. Amen. It becomes a problem from those of us that do break the law. Because when they show up, we expect for them not to do what they've been hired to do. Amen. Amen. They're there. Listen, they are there to enforce the law. When I took an oath, it says that you will enforce, listen, the laws of the state of Florida and the Constitution of the United States of America. I was required to do that. I was required to that when someone broke the law to make sure that they, they were encouraged not to continue to break the law. So it's there for civil restraint. And the third function of the law is is to, while it can't change our hearts, but it helps us to realize those things that are displeasing to God. That's the third use of the law. First first use is is to reflect his goodness. The second one is a civil use. And the third use is it touches our hearts. It, It helps us see those things which are displeasing to God. Now look at this. Back to verse 19. Why then the law? y'all it is important to know that the law is temporary and it, it was it's limited and it's temporary look at this it says why then the law it was added because of the trans, of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made and it was placed and, and it was placed and put in place through angels by an intermediary so in other words it is it's a parenthesis. It's a spot in between. It's temporary. It was there to the fulfillment of the promise that was given to Abraham. So when, when, Jesus, when Jesus came, the law was finished. Hello? That's, that, that, that's, that's shouting stuff right there. <laughs> Look, everybody should have be been saying amen right there. <laughs> why Why? Why? Because we're unable to keep the law. We're, we're unable to fulfill the law. Y'all, there, there is nothing in us that can help us keep all these laws. Look, look, they're, they're simple. They're just, listen, I'm, I'm going to just say they're simple. There's 10 of them, and we break them daily. We break them several times throughout the day. Hello? You look at something somebody got and wish you had it? It's quiet. I know when it get quiet, I know I'm talking right. <laughs> look, look, you, you ever go to the bank? You take them people's pen? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. It, anybody? I ask the person next to you, let me hold your pen. Uh, and you leave here with it. Guess what that's called, y'all? Yeah. Well, I ain't intend to steal you did it anyway. That's what I'm trying. To, that's the point I'm trying to make: is y'all we break these knowingly and unknowingly. So, so, so the law was only there for a time until the promise came, which was Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff, y'all. Again, I'm gonna say it one more time because y'all, y'all not following me. The law was there only until Jesus came. Hallelujah. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Y'all, we needed it. We needed it because we are. We're not capable of keeping it. Aren't you glad that God loved us so much that he sent us a way out? I know I am. I, I know I am because I'm unable. I can try my best, y'all, and on my best days, I still stink. On my best days, I still mess up. On my best days, y'all, on my best days, I say the things I shouldn't say. Hello? So here it is. So the law is temporary. The law could not give life. Not only is it limited, it's temporary, it could not give life. The law and the promise, it's important to see this, they are not opposing one another. They have totally different purposes. The law cannot give life, and if the law could give life, the promise of Christ would have not been necessary. If y'all, listen, that, that's, that's I'm talking to us now. If, if the law could give life, that would mean that we would have the ability, that we would have in us the strength and the know-how to know how to do everything on our own that was pleasing to God. Now if I ask a question, I don't want too many hands to go up at the same time, but how many people in here got something in them of their own doing that can be totally pleasing to God? I'm waiting on one hand. It's not possible. It's not possible. That's why we needed the law. There is nothing inside of us that causes us, that puts us in a place that makes us right in God. It's not possible. That's why we needed Christ, because the law could not give us life. We were dead men walking had it not been for Christ. Now we have, we're experiencing the newness of life. Paul said it like this. The law is not life-giving. It is, in fact, an instrument of death. Timothy George, in his commentary on Galatians, says this. The law is like chemotherapy. It does give, it, it does not give life. It is an instrument of death. The chemical poured into the body destroys healthy tissues as well as the cancer. The treatment makes the patient feel worse. Yet the treatment is necessary for the long-term health. In much the same, the law makes us worse so that we may be made better. How does the law make us worse? It shows us who we are. It shows us what we are incapable of doing. So, so when I see that, when, when, I see, when I see me in reflection of that law, guess what it happens? It makes me realize that, that I, I am nothing. Hello? It helps me to see that I need a Savior. It helps me to see that I need the grace of God. Y'all, if we can look into the law and not see imperfect, imperfections in our life, if we can look into the law and, and think that we got it all together, y'all, we're in a bad shape. Amen. We're in bad shape if we see the law and say, well, I'm good, I'm good, I'm straight. It's something, it's something to look into the mirror. James talks about this, that we look into a mirror and see that we messed up and, and just don't fix it. When, when we go to a mirror, why do we look in the mirror? To see. We want to get ourselves together because when I go look into the mirror, I'm going to Give you a little secret, a little peep into my life. When I look into my mirror, at first, it may not be right. But when I get myself together, my mirror be like, you the man. <laughs> Is that any of y'all? Yeah. Does any of y'all mirror talk to y'all? That, that, thank you, Miss Glory. Yeah, it, it lets you know that you're all right. But listen, listen, listen. It was there if I had not looked at it. Hello? But it's one thing for me to look at myself. See where I'm messed up and just decide that I'm good anyway. Listen, when we see that we need help, y'all, where do we go to get help? We go to the Lord because we can't fix it on our own. I'm not not talking about what our clothes look like. I can can fix my zipper. I can fix my buttons, but I can't fix my heart. That's outside of me. I need somebody. I need something that's greater than me. I need something that's greater than anything to work on this heart of mine. Because sometimes it stinks. Sometimes it don't respond right. Sometimes it's not the example that it should be. I need help. Am I by myself? So I need something outside of me. And that's what the law does. The The law makes me worse. In order that God makes me better. Hello? Look at this. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says this. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin. So that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So not only. Is the law limited? Not only can it not give life, as a matter of fact, it makes us worse. The law has a role. And that law is to, that role is to, it, it imprisons us. It, it shuts down all avenues of escape. And it leaves none of us out. Only way out is the faithful obedience of Jesus Christ. That's the only way, y'all, that we're no longer in prison. Through Christ, the promise was made to Abraham, and it's for all of us who believe. The promise of the law, the promise should lead us, should drive us to Christ. The law is limited, the law has a limited role. Next verse begins to tell us about that. Listen to this. Verse 23, I'm going to read a couple. It says, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. So in the Roman culture, there was this guardian. The word for guardian in the Greek is pedagos. Y'all, uh <laughs> I'm using some Greek words, y'all. It's called pedagos. And, and what that pedagos did, it, he was like a, The King James says, a schoolmaster. It, it, it wasn't like a teacher. It was... It was like a disciplinarian. It, it was somebody that it was there to keep the young, a young man in line. So what it was, it was like they, they walked him to school, they protected him to make sure he was safe. They, uh, they, they were like, pretty much like this, like a nanny. It was like a nanny. It, it wasn't their responsibility to raise the child. It was their, the, the gardens, the it, His His responsibility was to make sure that the child was okay. Okay, The parents have a responsibility of raising them, but, but the nanny made sure everything was all right. It, it, look at this. It says, the, the protection that was offered was offered 24 hours a day. It, it was there to provide lim, limitations and confinements for the child. And it stayed with the child until the child reached the age of adolescence. The law teaching or discipline function, it was there to teach them. It was there to curtail freedoms. It was there to, to keep them from going astray. It was there to let them know, to segregate them, in other words. That's what the pedagogues did. It was there to keep and it was there to make sure that was all right. And that was, that's what the law did for us. The law was a guardian. It was there to let us know, y'all, this, this you shouldn't be doing. That's what it was there for. It was there to make sure that that we knew it could it, listen. It couldn't give us life. It's already told us that, right? It couldn't give us life. This this guardian was there to to just watch over us, till the promise came. Aren't you, aren't you glad about that, y'all? L- listen, the law was there and it kept us. The law kept us until the promise came. Look at this. So once it says for in. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. Therefore, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs of the promise. Heirs according to the promise. So here, here's what I want us to get from this message. Is every, in Christ, every believer has a new identity. In Christ, every believer has a new identity. Paul states, there is, no, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. For slaves were despised. There's neither male nor nor female. See, in Christ, in Christ, y'all, I'm still black. Listen, when you look at me, I'm still black. I'm a black male. But in Christ, me being black has no weight. Hello? Look, that's, that, that's good news for me. That's good, that's good news for me, because guess what happens? In our society, sometimes being black ain't always the best thing. That's the truth. Look, it, it, it's super quiet. Sometimes, sometimes the odds are already stacked against me just because of the way my skin looks. But in Christ, just shouting, if y'all don't shout, I'm going to shout right here. Because in Christ, the field becomes level, there's no hierarchy. Hello? Listen, listen, I can go where you can go. That's good stuff, y'all. You ought to be happy about that because I believe that some of us got some friends that don't look like us. And they may not have benefited like I have benefited or you may have benefited. But in Christ, the field is level. We're all the same in Christ. That is good because in, in, in the early in the first century, they were messed up the way they thought. Listen to some of the prayers that they prayed. Before I talk about the prayers, look at this. It says that that race, rank, and sex divided the ancient world. They prayed like this. Father, I thank you. (laughs) I thank you that I was born a human being and not a beast. Next they would say, I thank you that I'm a man and not a woman. Then they would say, thank you that I'm a Greek and not a barbarian. Look at at this. Listen to this. Israel, blessed are thou, O Lord, our God, king of the universe, who has made me not a foreigner. Blessed are thou, O Lord, O God, the king of the universe, who has not made me a slave. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, king of the universe, who has not made me a woman. Are y'all seeing that? Listen. Y'all, look, look. Y'all, it's level ground. It's level ground there because when they were praying that, they were excluding you and me. They were excluding us. That I'm glad that, that you didn't make me a foreigner. Y'all, we all foreigners. I'm glad that you didn't make me a male. I'm glad you didn't make me a female. Are, are y'all following me? I'm glad you made me male, not female. There was a hierarchy in the system. Y'all, look, if you ain't, look, black people and women ought to be happy today. <laughs> <laughs> are y'all following me? Cause we ain't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm glad this this was their prayer. This was that this how they prayed. We got a new identity, y'all. Yeah, All you. of us. Oh, look, look. I look the same on the outside, but something has happened to me on the inside. That part, that part right there. That part right there. Yeah. <laughs> Cause on the outside, some of y'all don't like me. Because of what you see on the outside. Don't be mad at me because I'm good looking. Don't be mad at me. It, look, look, it's, it's on the outside. But I promise you, if you've been fixed on the inside, you ain't got no problem with me on the outside or in the inside. I'm, I'm t- look, I'm, I'm saying some stuff here. Look, Watch this. If I've been fixed on the inside, I ain't got no problem with you on the outside or the inside. Yes, yes. <laughs> look, if it worked for you, it got to work for me. Right. And if it worked for me, it got to work for you. That's right. That's right. Are, are y'all following me? There's, a, there's something that happens to us. We may look the same, but I promise you, we got a new identity in Christ. So, so I, I've, I've, I've often wondered, like, I, I left a church where I was the pastor. God moved on my heart to become a part of Christ Church in town, and I've often wondered, Lord, why? Not because I dislike folk, but, but why? God, why me? I'm, I'm nothing, I'm nobody. Why, why is it? Why, why is it? Because I believe God was working on a picture that he's trying to paint. And he used insignificant people to paint his picture. Are you listening to me? I I often wonder why, if we got a new identity, if he's changed the hearts of men, why the church don't look like it ought to look? I'm I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering. See, even in this place, sometimes I feel like our church, Christ Church in town, We can have this false sense of security because we look around the room and we see people that don't look like us, and we think we done did something. Are are, are y'all following me? We we think that we've done something. But I'm here to tell us, y'all, that that there's some stuff that still needs to happen. Amen. if Dave talks about it all the time, if our hearts have been changed, our tables ought to look different. If our hearts have been changed, our circles ought to look different. Hello? Don't be mad at me. I'm just talking about what the Bible talking about. I'm talking about us reflecting the kingdom of God. And I know why. It's not like what Martin Luther King said. He said one day his four little children. Watch this, y'all. We'll sit at the table. They will hold hands with people, with black girls and white boys. And and then he said they will all get together. I know what the problem is. It's because we haven't got the first function of the law right. We think we all that. We do not allow the law. I'm not just talking about this Church. I'm talking about the church in general, because the church is still today the most segregated place in the world. There are people that's in this place because they got to be here. There are people in this place today because they want to say, I go to a church where it don't look just like me. So we got the wrong reasons why we're here. The first use of the law reflects, it tells us to reflect on the righteousness of God and to show our sinfulness. And when we allow the first use of the law to take role, y'all, there will be no division. We won't see each other as Jews or Greeks. How, how do you say it? Free, slaves are free, male or free male. Guess what we'll see? We'll see each other as members of the body of Christ, and we all got a new identity. Yeah, yeah. If we allow the first use of the law to take its place, yeah, yeah. if we allow the law to say, I'm a sinner, to show us our sinfulness, that calls us to, to, to experience the grace of God. That's why the church is segregated. That's, that's why the church is not reflective of what it should be. That's why circles aren't like they should be. Are y'all listening to me? Listen, we've allowed uh, uh, race, rape, and sex. That's what it, that's, that, listen, this, this ain't just start happening. It's been happening since the beginning of the time. And we've allowed that to divide us. We've allowed that to cause us to be separated from one another. Y'all, in, in this place, in, in this place, y'all, I, I promise you, if I, if I was to go into a room, I would go into a room, and, and, and it was black people in that room and white people, how many of y'all, how many of y'all think, I may get in trouble for this, but how many of y'all may think that my first inclination is to go join the white crowd? That ain't it, y'all. Guess guess where I'm going to join? The people that look like me. And the truth be told, that ain't just me. Hello? That ain't just me. We tend to want to go to people that look just like us. Y'all, when we got a new identity... When we got a new identity, guess what happens? Y'all, it expands beyond that. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Y'all, it expands beyond that. I'm I'm I ain't I ain't attacking anybody. I'm just saying if we got a new identity, y'all, we ought to live like it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. If we want to reflect the kingdom, where, where we're all one in Christ, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Christ. He levels the playing field, y'all. That's why we can reach across the aisles. That's why we can embrace people that don't look like us. That's why why our table can include folk that don't look like us. That's why our circle can include people who are different from us. And I'm not just talking about color. I'm not because we rest on color. We rest on color, y'all. But there are people in here that don't think like I think. And because they don't think like I think, I automatically think their thinking is wrong. And I will continue to think that if I don't allow myself to get to know that person. Right. Hello? Hello? I'll be so stuck on what I think is right. I ain't took time to talk to my brother who think different than I do. Amen. And man, I already done made up in my mind. My way is right. And that's what the law does. The law make you think you right. <laughs> and we know that the law don't what? It don't give life. We, we, we know that the law is what? Dead. So let's think about this. Let's think about our new identity in Christ. What does that mean? We know the law doesn't give life. We know it's temporary. We know it has, it, it has a limited role. We know that the law was our guardian. We know it was there to keep us in line. We know that we are one in Christ. What happens? I think I told you this story before, and I'm done. There's this story. um, It talks about the 1980 Olympic hockey team. And this hockey team was so, they were sorry. They were sorry. Let's not dress it up. (laughs) Let's not dress it up. They had no chance to win. They had no chance to win. They they didn't even think they was going to medal, y'all. Okay? The coach began to get the team together, and he, he practiced them really hard. He was practicing them so hard that the assistant coaches was concerned that the players were going to quit. And so he began to talk to the the players of the hockey team, and he asked them, he was like, who do you play for? And they began to talk about the college they went to. I went to Florida. I'm playing for Florida. Who do you play for? I'm playing for Georgia. I went to Georgia. Who are you playing for? I'm playing for Tennessee. I went to Tennessee. You notice I'm calling all SEC teams. Who do you play for? I played for Tennessee. I, is, where's Oklahoma? They not in the SEC, so we're going to talk about Oklahoma. So, so here it is. So then the coach got to one player. He said, who do you play for? He said, I play for the United States of America. There you go. And when he said that, the light clicked on for the rest of the team. And they realized that the things that was, was a barrier And a divider no longer exists. They were all all on the same team. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. When we realize that we got a new identity in Christ and the barriers and the things that divided us no longer exist, y'all, we can win the gold when people say we ain't got nothing. Are y'all following me? When they say that it's not a chance that that church is going to survive, When we forget those things that divided us, y'all, y'all will be standing on the stage with our arms in the air getting our goal. But that's what's going to happen in the kingdom. Y'all, we're going to come together. Look, when they realize who they were, when they realize that they weren't enemies of one another, when they realize that they were a team, they won the goal. Imagine, y'all, what the church can do. When we realize that, you're not my enemy, sister. I'm not your enemy. Hello? When you realize that that we're on the same team, we want the same goal, guess what can happen? Lives can be changed. God can begin to work through us, and people will begin to see him like they've never seen him before. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for a new identity. We thank you, God, that we are not... Trapped by the law, but there's a promise that has been given to us, God. And because of that promise, God, we are a new family. We have a new identity. And God, we can be the church that you can, you've called us to be. God, we thank you. We praise you. Touch our hearts, our minds. God, help our circles to change. Help our tables to change. Help us, God, to be reflective of who you are. Help us to be a light in a dark world. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.